Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, it's time for hockey. Finally, the third round begins today. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself last night. Because there's no hockey hockey on a Saturday night. My apologies. I think a truck is backing up. That sounds like a garbage truck. That truck is not being considerate. Memories of Adam and Pickering. Uh, (laughs) And the motorcycles. Yeah. Motorcycles. Never forget. I would like to forget. Anyway. Things are opening up soon. So hopefully when we're all fully vaccinated, we could enjoy bourbon chicken at Pickering Town Center. That's just here. Uh, everything's open in Quebec. Yeah, yeah we're, we're doing true. fine in Montreal. We've yeah. been able to go in our doors and eat at restaurants. Really. They have bourbon chicken there? Uh, maybe. But not the same as your Pickering one. I mean, I'm sure it tastes the same because it's like, you know, it's all the same process. Process. What? You used to say, no, it's distinct. I remember when you're like, oh, I could really go for some bourbon chicken one time when we were leaving class. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just pick it up at Eden Center? And he's like, you're like, no, they make it a certain way at Pickering Town Center. You sure it is? Yeah, I remember that. I don't think I did because before the, before COVID shut everything down, I remember going to a lecture, going to the Eden Center, getting said bourbon chicken Going to my lecture and enjoying it during it. So oh I feel like we're misremembering some stuff here. It may be a different restaurant that we're thinking of. Anyway, though. KFC. No, it wouldn't be KFC. No, would not be KFC. Right, though. We should probably talk about hockey now. What's with the scheduling of the third round, by the way? You know, we, we've waited a few days now. I was telling Alex before we recorded, like being a Habs fan, right? And you watched so far, your team is the only one that's played two different back-to-backs. So we can speed up the schedule because you rushed the end of the season so much and then gave the layoff before the season started. And now we have to wait to start the third god day. How do you not have a hockey game on Saturday night? Yeah, I, that was weird to me. Um, I kind of felt that, you know, when you're rushing to get things done and then you, you probably get an outside perspective, like, wait a minute, maybe I should slow this down a bit. And then they just didn't know what to do with the scheduling. And then it was still another rush decision. Like, okay, let's give them a break. And then it ends up you miss a Saturday <laughs> a prime time. I hate this league. Our players probably would prefer to keep going too. Like you looked at some teams that have come off of like longer series and that like, you know, everyone was like, ah, the Jets are going to be great because they rested. And then they weren't. <laughs> You know, it, it's just, I feel like teams would much prefer, like, let's just keep this going, right? You want to keep on that momentum. Um, like the Islanders, they're playing Tampa Bay. We'll preview that a little later. Montreal and Vegas, that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, let's 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 start with Montreal-Vegas. Why not? Okay, sure. Familiar territory for the Habs. Uh, they are the considerable underdog. I'm pretty sure that Vegas have them as in the betting people. I think their chances of winning is less than 20% in this series, which whatever. I mean, like that's been Montreal every series. I don't really mind here, but the big story here, guys, 
even though Nick Suzuki, I don't think he ever played a game for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the story of the Nick Suzuki for Max Pacioretty trade. Oh, and, you know, Thomas Tatar was in there too. I'm excited for this one, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm very excited for this series. I'd be more concerned if you weren't excited. Uh, <laughs> you know, I expect you should be. Uh, but yeah, like it is, I think either way you look at it, whether it was Colorado or whether it was Vegas, it was going to be some type of storyline. And and it was going to be exciting either way because I think this is the first time, I think, for Montreal that they're going to be playing in a building that is full capacity. And I know they've been playing with 2,500 people. But if you watch the game's in Montreal and then go watch a game from Vegas or Tampa Bay or wherever that has full capacity it is a different, like it's a different level. And, mm-hmm. and I think that will, I think it'll be a positive for both teams. Like the fact that there's, we've seen it, like go look at Florida and Tampa Bay. Like that, that series was fueled by the fans in my opinion. And I think the same goes here. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think a big thing we've talked about is, you know, that unknown factor with Montreal going into the series or even Vegas that they're facing a team now that they haven't seen all year. They haven't seen in over 12 months. And to get that in the playoffs is pretty great, um, especially if it's not the final. So I, I'm really excited to see that. Um, one thing, too, is what Adam said before, the narratives of things that I, I really like, those those little narratives where we always talk about Vegas and that center depth and they've managed to kind of get around it here and there, but it just meant, Oh boy, like Nick Suzuki, the way he's developed, they picked Cody glass over him. Um, I think like a second thing too, is just the way Vegas is kind of built. Um, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna complement things away. Cause like we, we think about like the Phil Deneau line and then we think about the Mark stone line and it just, it's just kind of something where I'm like, it's, it's either going to be a high-scoring game or it's going to be like a 2-1-1-0 game. I, if it's a high-scoring game, I don't, I don't think Montreal are going to win those <laughs> games. Um, they, they still haven't lost, by the way, since the first round, which is so freaking weird to think of. Um, beside the, the Pacioretty stuff, what I'm really looking at is like each individual story. Of we, we see two incredible Selkie candidates every year with Mark Stone and Philip Deneau. We're going to see, I would say, like the two premier goal scorers still left in the playoffs. That's like in the normal year, too, you can kind of say with Tyler Toffoli and Max Pacioretty. The goalie duel of Flurry versus um, – it's really funny. If you look at the Canadians' run so far, there's been a great goalie duel every round. Campbell. Great. Hellebuck was the only good Winnipeg Jet. And then here, Marc-Andre Fleury, who doesn't looked a bit more human in the last few games. Yeah, but in game four versus the Jets, so did Carey Price. So, And we all know the magic that Marc-Andre Fleury is capable of. This is There's a lot of really fun matchups to look at. Now, like The play style itself, I think if you're Montreal, you prefer Vegas because I'm not saying they're a slow team by any stretch of the means, but the way Colorado and how quickly they move the puck from one end to the other, I think would have been a real hassle for Montreal to handle. But in the same time, though, the I'm going to just crush you with my mountain men of defensive core. It's not going to be as easy to do against Vegas, a.k.a. hide their Alex Petrangelo. And I'm not mentioning Ryan Reeves because I don't think – whatever. He's not a real factor. Not, not to me. I refuse to acknowledge it. But a very different team compared to what Montreal have played so far in the first two rounds. 
Yeah, I think I think you brought up the defense there, and um, I know in Tor- I know against the later games against Toronto, they really they they really use their top four, and I feel like Vegas does the same thing. And the they they have a really good right Petrangelo, Theodore Martinez, and Braden McNabb, and they're just going those eight guys in the top four in Montreal and the top four in Vegas are just going to be used the entire time. And I think that's that there's, that's another similarity as well. Mm-hmm. I do. I'd see one. I wasn't going to mention Ryan Reeves, but you know what? It, it, a battle you can also look for is Joss Anderson and Reeves too. Oh, yeah. I, they're like not that's gonna, by the Sorry. I was just going to say, they're not going to be on the ice at the same time. So. Uh. Um, <laughs> Well, the the whole argument with Ryan Reeves is that he, unless there's specific line matching, Josh Anderson is going to play in the top six. Ryan Reeves is going to play on the fourth line. They say the same thing about Tom Wilson. The reason that ta- it's hard to find an answer for Tom Wilson is that you're not playing Ryan Reeves in your top six unless you're line matching your fourth line with their first line. That doesn't work out well. So it's like Ryan Reeves versus the, what is it? The lot, the washing machine line. I was going to say the laundry line. Sorry. Here's the thing though. Corey Perry can actually score. Yeah. Right. Like the thing with Corey Perry is he doesn't punch you in the face, but like he, he falls on your goalie. Like Corey Perry is, is as much as Ryan Reeves, is the sort of tough guy. Corey Perry is just a rat. And I he's a rat that I love, obviously, but I I've always again like I I've never understood this whole thing with Ryan Reeves. Uh I I seriously I will never understand it. Um and you know what's really funny too is is Corey Perry, I just kind of realized he has a number on on, on Vegas because him and the stars beat them last year. Yeah. If anyone has the key to sort of go after them, I think it would be so as much as Ryan Reeves is a factor, Dallas proved that Corey Perry was just as much as one against them last year. Now, I did not watch that series because I was drugged up on morphine for my jaw surgery. So oh, yeah. I don't exactly remember what happened in it. Um but hey, Corey Perry, what was the joke going around of the final four? Three of them are the same as last year, and then Corey Perry's team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you saying this is a hot take? Yeah. Corey Perry is Montreal's Gandalf. In he's their way? guide he's through a, the playoffs. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. Well, he's the most okay. experienced like playoff guy on the team. Even though he burned the Jets, yeah, 2017. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, at you know, he won a cup. Yeah. And, you know, even more than Eric Stahl, because, yeah, Stahl won the Cup, too, but he's also I, – I don't know what the exact games play in the playoffs, but I feel like Perry's had a lot more deeper runs than Eric Stahl did. Yeah, Stahl, like, he won the Cup, and then they didn't make the playoffs for a few years, He and then he got traded. Still there, though. Like, you still yeah. have that experience. And, you know, some guys on the back, and, like, Edmondson, we know, has been there, but um, as, a, as a major contributor, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this is going to be a real fun one. Um Right. Also, Thomas Tatar. A lot of people are talking about that revenge tour, and I see it here on the dock. I don't think he's going to play. <laughs> like, this Unfortunate. Is of, of those who will not play Thomas, one of the many Czech Thomases in the playoffs. I wanted to see him play because, like, the way I, I just laughed because remember when they Vegas got him at the deadline for mm-hmm. like a first, a second, and a third that became like yeah. Joel Valeno? Yes. And then. 
he didn't play, and then they're like, okay, we're gonna trade you now, and then he just did so well in Montreal, and I wanted to. It's like it's the perfect situation for him to get back out there. It's a, I wasn't just a throw-in. Yeah, but then how do you? How do you? Who does he take out? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I don't trust him again. Again, like you want Tatar, yeah, for the chemistry on the Dano line. But then again, like Lekkonen's been so good. If Evans can draw back in, you put him in before him. I'd say. And like, like where else? You're not going to break up Caulfield to, to Foley Suzuki. That's been wicked. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to take out one of Anderson or Paul Byron? No, they've been good. I you go with 13 forwards. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, Gustafson's earned some more games though. Yeah, he's been a lot better. I was kind of iffy on him, but he he's been okay. He's been good, man. He's solid. Like, listen, he's got the power play to get better, which was exactly his job at the deadline. Who knows if Victor Mete could have done on a rate if he developed him, but we'll never know about that. Montreal. Tampa. You never know waivers. The waiver wire might come up again. I doubt it. I think they're yeah. going to. No, I think Victor Mete is a mainstay there from now on. Um, and he was good in that stint with Ottawa. I, I, good for them and good for him. Doesn't have to go far either for Montreal, too. So that will be. <laughs> I mean, he's from Toronto, so now he's right in the middle of it. Exactly. I mean, of all three of those teams, that's the last one you'd kind of like to play for. <laughs> <laughs> However, Ouch. I will ask for your series predictions here. Will you guys go with the underdog Habs, or will you go with the cockiest team fan base in the league in the Vegas Golden Knights? I'm not disparaging that, by the way. I, I like a confident group. I just I think that's very much the identity of that franchise right now. Um, I'm going to go with Vegas in six. Daniel, Montreal in seven. Really? I am a believer. I mean, I I refuse to count out the team I cheer for. That's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, that would upset- be a good look. No, <laughs> that and you know they've upset everyone along. ESPN, they had their new predictions. Two people had Montreal. So, I mean, well, like... double from before, who we saw. Yeah, they're gaining followers. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to love, like, every, talking about every series, and it's just like, oh, yeah, Montreal are here, too. I was listening to 31 Thoughts, and they were talking about Brad Larson um, taking over in, in Columbus, and they were saying, yeah, so assistant coaches taking over normally never works. And they completely ignored the replacement assistant coach who has just brought the Canadian team to the final four. And I was like, okay, guess we're just going to ignore that for the sake of the narrative. Anyway, we'll look at the other rematch. And um, yeah, this is exactly one from last year. It's Tampa and it's New York, the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. Now, last year, Tampa did win in six. Remember, I was looking back on that series. Man, game one, the Islanders got dummy like eight to two though the last two games of those were in overtime there's another one goal game in there and i think the islanders are better this year especially like palmieri and that have been so good and you gotta remember by the way that everything the islanders are doing right now without their captain super impressive barry trotz man if verlamov can stop letting in that excuse me that like one weird goal per game I don't think they're going to win. I'm going to see Tampa are going to do this in seven. But, man, the Islanders, if they won at the same time, wouldn't be surprised because it's, it's the Islanders. It's Big Barry Trotz. It's the Eggman. Can't count them out. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty. 
Sorry. No, no, no. Professor Sorry. Eggman from Sorry. Sonic. No, no, I know. I, I get, I know. I'm just, he reminds me of his face, whatever. Um, I also have Tampa Bay in seven. I, I just, I think Tampa Bay is so much like they're levels above the competition that it's like scary. It is fair. They are, they don't look human at some point. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Where when, when you look at it, it's it's like it is a grizzled veteran team that has made it, has gone all the way, has gone through so many highs and lows, and yet, like every year, they still are able to, you know, keep on replenishing the talent, keep on looking for places where they have different contributors, and they're just so solid everywhere. And I, I don't know, like I I have a feeling Tampa might pull off uh, a back-to-back, but I'm not sure yet because we never have to... I never want to count out the Islanders anymore, even though I have for so long. Um, like, the one thing is we joked around before where it's like Lou Lamorello talked about, yeah, you know, we were really on the Taylor Hall talks, but when uh, uh, Toughest Gerald offered Travis Zajac in the trade with uh, Kyle Palmieri, I had to take it. And then they're like, okay, yeah, sure. But it's just, it works so well. Like Andy Green is still playing consistently. Travis Zajac has somehow rediscovered his two-way play and his face-offs. It's just, I don't know how he does it. Like he just brings in these guys and then they assimilate to the system. And that's the thing about Bray Trotz. Again, it's the system that's worked so well for him. And um, one random thing, if we're going to talk about Bray Trotz and what he looks like, doesn't he look like the detective or like, no, the doctor, Dr. Loomis from Halloween? Uh, he, yes, he looks like, um, yeah, what's the actor's name? Sorry. I, I, I know who exactly I'm, you're talking about. I'm Did, looking for the actor right now. Yeah, that's really annoying me. But you're right. He does look like he's about to scream about a darkness, a monster to, and scaring off a bunch of kids away from it. Oh man, that's a great character. Is that Braden Point in this series? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Braden Point has just been wicked good. Um, so it's Scott made like, listen, plus minus is kind of like plus yeah. minus. However, Scott Mayfield is Kurt Mayfield. Mayfield. I went to a, my high school was called Mayfield. How do I, how do I mess that up? Plus 11 to lead the playoffs right now. Um, that's a guy, though. Now that's more than, again, number one in the league. That's higher up than uh, McDonough, who was plus nine. Hedman, who I'm pretty sure is hurt, by the way. And there's one thing with Tampa. If Victor Hedman's not healthy, mm, look what happened against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Another guy with the Islanders that's just like, man, we all know about the big guys like Pulak and that, Nick Letty, and it's like young guys like Dobson are all right. And it's just Mayfield comes out of nowhere, and you're like, man, I God damn it, the Islanders. You know what's kind of funny is so they announced the coach of the year candidates, and it's like, okay, you know what the joke is. It's like, all right, we expected you to be bad, and you weren't this year. And it's like Quinville for the Panthers, which you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, that's fair. We didn't know what they were going to be. Um, Dean Evison from the Wild, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. No one knew what the, the Wild were going to be. That's right. fair. And then there's Rod Brindamore. You're like, okay, see, like – that's weird because we knew the Canes were going to be good. I'm pretty sure Barry Trotz has been a nominee or one for the past few years. And I feel like the only reason he's not this year is because everyone realized that the Islanders were good. Because, like, think about it. Like, where's Jared Bednar and Pete DeBoer here? Like, what? where's the respect here? Like, people were talking about Sheldon Keefe, and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, obviously, playoffs. These are for the regular season. You look at how far Toronto were in the North. 
like where are the respect for good coaches in this league? Like Barry Trotz, I'm going to look at how many Jack Adams he has quickly because uh, the man is criminally underrated. I kind of agree with that because like it's surprising that it always has to be kind of those situations where you have the coach that, you know, he took a team and it's like, you know, like that underdog ragtag type of persona that has to be there for him to be nominated. It's never always like, you know, John Cooper did not win it. Or uh, like, I, I agree with that too. Like with Pete DeBoer, where he's been able to do with Vegas or even for his own career too. Like he really rejuvenated everything after the Sharks. I, for like, I'm, I have the definition of the Jack Adams award up and I think it's the way that it's worded. Okay. So it's worded uh, nationally, national hockey league coach adjudged to have contributed the most to his team's success. Like to me, that sounds like that literally sounds like the definition of, well, we expected you to be bad, but you were good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I it's not who was the best coach in the NHL. It's like, well, here, <laughs> this is the definition. And it's like, okay, well, you want it to be bad, but you weren't. And it's, I think it's the way it's worded. But who thought Carolina was going to be bad? By the way, Barry Trotz uh, had two Jack Adams. That's it. Yeah. What? Who, ex- uh, who expected Carolina to be bad? No, I who think that bad? one. Was that the draw being, like the line being drawn? Like, no, but Carolina are good. I, I think that was more that they actually finished first in the division. I know that we expected Tampa Bay not to be as dominant because they didn't have Kucherov, but I still think a lot of people expected them to finish first in the division. So, and I'm not arguing with you obviously here. So let's talk about like, okay, so the voters go with that. Okay. Winning the division and it was a good division. You beat Tampa obviously, but how about the two teams who finished first and second in Colorado and Vegas? Well, we expect them. I agree with you. No, no, I, I definitely yeah, agree see, with you. There's, there's I, the mm-hmm. problem, though. I, I think it's the way that, in my opinion, I think it's the way the the award is defined. I, by the way, another problem here. If Joe Quinville, let's say he's, because I, you can see probably Rod Brindamore should get the Jack Adams of those nominee. I still think it should be Bednar DeBoer. Um, if Quinville were to win this Jack Adams, it would only be his second. Like, you just have to think of it like that is the coach of the year award. Quinville has won it once. And what's he third all time or second all time in wins now beyond Scotty Bowman? Wow. Uh, what was the year he won it? Um, it was in, <laughs> in 1999, 2000. Sorry, that's oh, yeah. when Joel Quinville won it. Wait for the avalanche, right? Um, oh my gosh. That was St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Okay. They lost in the first round. They were 51, 19, and 7. Not ever during his time winning three cups in six. Well, yeah, years. okay. Alex, that fits the bad. narrative where, like, they weren't expected to. That's ridiculous. That is. Go all the way. And then I think, yeah, that was Chris Pronger. He won his first Norris that year. I, whatever. Awards are, are really, really crappy. We should also probably mention why we're here. The Hart Trophy has been announced. The finalists. McKinnon, McDavid, McMatthews. No, it's just Matthews. <laughs> but all the M's, they're here. And I mean, it's it's McDavid's. You know, it's, it really is, should be. Yeah. If he yeah. doesn't, if if there is anyone who gives us a first place vote to anyone other than him, I mean, this is this is the one that the, the, the riders vote for. Their credentials should be removed. Absolutely, just get out of here. 
if anyone you, else votes for anyone but McDavid. I'll tell you a funny story. So for the National League Cy Young Award for like the best pitcher in the National League, yeah, um, they had to do everything online, right? Last year, right. And uh, there used to be a guy named Ryan Tapera. He was a pitcher on the Blue Jays, but he's on the Cubs, and he's like a relief pitcher. He plays like one inning at most, and he got a first place vote. And people are like, wait, what the heck? And then I think it was like an older writer or something that his said his hand slipped when he was submitting <laughs> his votes. In. <laughs> oh, man. Just figure it out, NHL. Don't make us complicated. Just beat the MVPs. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, let's just let's just get it out the way. It's McDavid's award. And if, yes. if he doesn't win it, then. But I'm excited Matthews got the nomination. Well, yeah, when you score 40 goals in a shortened season, you should probably get in there. Yeah. <laughs> it is very dumb, by the way, that like this is such, like this again speaks to how dumb it is at the Ted Lindsay and that there are two MVP trophies. And again, just that it was McDavid and Matthews, obviously, for the Ted Lindsay as well. But instead of McKinnon, it was Crosby. And again, we have a disconnect here. And it's just like, ah, it's just, I hated every year and how everyone made a big deal when, when Ted Lindsay died. It was like, oh, the award means so much. And it's still like this gap is coming again from it. Oh, figure it out, NHL. And this is on the writers as well. This is, this is on them. This is 100% on them. I can't wait to see Norris ballots, by the way. I think it's going to be so interesting this year. Speaking of defensemen, by the way, in the Norris Trophy, Owen Power must be a fan of the show. Uh, he was telling NHL, I think it was NHL Now, to show on the um, the network. But apparently, he is leaning towards going back to school for next season. Nothing confirmed yet, however. The expected first overall pick, and I think, Daniel, you mentioned this. This would be the first time since Eric Johnson that the first overall pick wouldn't come straight to the NHL? Yes, since 2006. That's wicked. And oh, we always God. have to remind ourselves Eric Johnson went first overall. Yes, we all forget about it. <laughs> When you look at the picks after him, <laughs> why? What is it? It's like Jordan Stahl, Jonathan Taves, Nicholas Backstrom, Phil Kessel. Oh, oh wow! And then Claude Giroux was like, you know, this when he was really good. Um, like he went in the twenties. Yeah, they didn't know his name, right? No, yeah, they didn't know his name. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. That was the year the Leafs took Yuri Taluski, thirteenth overall. That's a name. But, like, they did really well in, like, all the later picks. It was, like, Reimer, Corbini and Holzer, Leo Komarov. Oh, was that the year, like, every one of their picks made the NHL? Yeah, oh, yeah, Nikolai Kulamin also in that draft. That's not a bad draft. Yeah. That's absolutely not a bad draft. They just didn't hit in the first round. But everything else was good. Yeah. Not bad. Okay. Uh, We should also probably look – oh, you know, let's actually turn back the clock for a second and look back at Colorado. Um. Sure. And then we'll go back to the future. And then, yeah, we'll, the few, and then we'll talk about the future head coach in Columbus. The Colorado Avalanche lose in six. And I saw everyone going on about how great this series was. I did not like the way Colorado played at all after game one. No. I thought the mo- I thought even when they, they, they won game two in overtime, I thought, man, this is not. If they don't pick it up, Vegas are going to have this series. And they did. Um, but the big question is now – and, you know, we can laugh at the Adrian Dater stuff because that was might be the worst question I've ever seen asked in media. And how he probably should just warn it on the chin instead of making – imagine trying to have a, 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 
a, a like a ripoff against Pete Blackburn. You're not going to win that. Yeah, I I don't know. I just like before we get to like Colorado, it just I didn't understand like if you say like a bad question, I just leave it and move on. Like this is what they, you know, like I just I'm not going to get into Twitter wars with anybody. Yeah, I mean that's that's. It just made it worse. Just like I don't know. It just that's how things become viral. You know what I mean? Or this is how. This is how the meme starts. So, yeah, for those yeah. of you who don't know, after the abs were eliminated, Nathan McKinnon was 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 being interviewed, doing his media and all that. I think it was the second last question was from Adrian Dater. Um, this is the same guy I remember seeing reports that he thought the abs were interested in Thomas Tatar at the deadline last year. And then like it was gonna be Graves, yeah, they were interested in Petrie as well, all that stuff, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, when like Bergeron had no intention of trading anyone. And he was in Colorado, right? Was it him yes. or was yeah. it uh, Scott Yeah, it was Mellenby? him and Scott Mellenby. But, like, his daughter goes to school there. Uh, By the way, can we talk about in retrospect how smart it was that that, that Bergevin never traded those guys? Anyway, um, nice. it works. It was close to not working, but it worked. Anyway, um, God. so Adrian Dater asked Nathan McKinnon this, this question. Um, and it was like, you know when you play Scramble – and you just kind of dump out all the bits and like all the letters and it just seems to be a, a pile of just incoherent nonsense. And it's like, <laughs> and like there may be one random word that sort of comes out of it and makes sense. That was his question. He, he swore in it, which is like, whatever, but it was just, it was a complete nonsense question. Like Nathan McKinnon's reaction was just like, what is going on here? And everyone ripped him because, of course, you were going to get ripped because it was it was a bad question. Everyone asked bad questions, though. So Pete Blackburn, who is like, I, I'd say, like, you can't say the actual word, but he's that kind of guy that stirs the pot, right? So he posted it on Instagram. I mean, on Twitter. He's a really funny guy, Pete Blackburn, by the way. And Adrian Dater just went full out. I'm going to get the I'm going to get the thread up now. The Brad Marchant of Twitter. He and it's funny enough because he is a yeah. he is a, he is a Bruins fan. He is also very <laughs> short and he's a big fan of Cole Caulfield. So you know, um, Pete Blackburn. While I get it up though, guys, give me your yeah. thoughts on Colorado and the way they basically played in those last few games, and how Nathan McKinnon has lost the title of best player in the world because he has. I was fast. Well, yeah, keep going back and forth on that. Daniel, I swear, like fast. less than a month ago. We had an episode that said McKinnon was greater than McDavid. I'm pretty sure we did. Less yeah. than a month. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I definitely pushed that, but we won't talk about that. Delete the tape on that, please. Delete the tape. Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, for me, it was really disappointing that I, I normally, you know, with me, I normally go for the underdogs with things, but it's just the way Colorado's been built throughout the years that for me, like when I think about Tampa, what they've gone through, I'm like, I thought Colorado was already on that same trajectory where they've built the team that they needed. They know their core. They know the supporting players. They finally got goaltending and they had that big meltdown last year with Dallas. That's something that they could learn from. And what did they do in the off season? They got Brandon Saad and they got Devon Taves. And for me now, I just don't know what the excuse would be. It's like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's because Kadri really affected that depth. But like the way that team was deep, how deep that team was and the way they've been able to deal with injuries the last two years, I really feel like there was no excuses this time where, where the way Colorado performed. And now I think this year would have been their prime opportunity to really go for it because we don't know what they're going to do now in the expansion draft, whether or not 
they're going to protect someone, whether or not they're going to do the, you know, I'll give you these assets to not touch this person now. And it's, it's just going to be, uh, it's, it's going to, it's going to be uncertain. They're still going to do really well. But when Nathan McKinnon said, I haven't won S H I T in nine years, I felt that I, I really felt that, that this is a guy that has been really patient with the team. He's gone through like the Matt Duchesne, dilemma he's gone through like ryan o'reilly not wanting to be there he's gone through paul stas he's like i'm taking more money in st louis and he's still stuck through it and now we finally see like he's he's frustrated he wants to win i don't you just love it when a player actually sees what's wrong and it's like yeah i haven't done anything accountability is a hell of a thing isn't it so i actually have the audio here from the data question if you want me to play it I, we might have to censor the part when he says f it but I can play that, then I can read the rest of the thread if you want. Sure, go ahead. Okay, cool. So here is Nathan. He just check out the YouTube portion if you want to uh, see the clip of it. This is this is great stuff. Okay, screen share. Uh, okay. Doopity doop. Uh, dude, you know I know you're a gamer and uh, and all this, and uh, you know I'm just thinking maybe out loud as far as in your shoes right now. It's like, all right, we've done all the thinking we can do. We've done all the game planning we can do. Maybe, maybe you know, just f- it. we'll just go in next year and just not think that anymore and just win this thing when we don't think so much. Is that good? Am I on the right path at all with this? Like maybe you just guys think a little too much. Oh. Last one here for Nathan. Inspectors. <laughs> Wayne McKinnon just—he's he, really like, did I just was I just asked that question? So here's the thread. So so Pete just quote they puts a video up and just says LMAO right. Then Data responds by saying, "Okay, thanks tweet for the lesson in online decorum." And then Pete responds with, like, "Oh yeah, the, we'll do it live." Yeah, we'll do it live. And he says, "I mean, your question was literally this." Then Data goes back to him and says, "Fair enough. Just talking like hockey people talk. Sorry if it's too sensitive for your ears." <laughs> then Pete says, "Yeah, you're right. Nate seemed to get it." And then Data goes back at him again and says, "You're right, Pete. I forgot you're the best beat rider in hockey. Oh wait." Um, just forgot you've never been a beat rider, never covered a team day to day. Now, gentlemen, I have watched a lot of media conferences in my day. I think we all have. Um, mm-hmm. I have never seen any beat riders ever ask that sort of question in that sort of way. Like people stumble over their words. It happens all the time, right? It just, that's the way it is. We do it on the show all the time. Happens once an episode. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to lie to you. This, that segment, you know, it has given me confidence to never be afraid in media scrums again to formulate my question. I used to like, that used to be my biggest fear when it's like, okay, who has the next question? And then I would be on the spot. I, I don't know. This has, like, I have no fear. <laughs> the big problem is if you just keep the question short and simple, it's good. But what, ha- what Adrian, it's that famous Michael Scott thing, right? Of like, I'm going to start it. But he has no idea how he's going to finish the question. And it just kept, it was like a snowball falling down. It just kept going and going. Because <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure what the question was. So, like, it, the gamer part asking. really confused me. Like, it's like you're just going to go like, for it. Like, so are you going to win next year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that, I don't know what the answer. But the right answer is for that question, other than I hope. 
I really feel for the guy, but again, like, again, it's just like you can't win with the whole Twitter stuff. You can't. He has a reputation, apparently. Yeah. Dater too, so he's not. We listen. We don't like poking fun of media, but Adrian Dater is maybe not a guy you give the benefit of the doubt to. Kind of like Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. Anyway, you talk about what's next for Colorado, by the way. I have up here some of their notable RFAs and UFAs. No offense, I don't care about their fourth-line center. I don't. Um, So these are their notable RFAs. Tyson Jost, who I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded because it feels like there is always talk about that. And Kale McCarr, who is a Norris Trophy finalist. That's pretty good. Meanwhile, their notable notable UFAs, Carl Soderberg, who seems to just always be there somehow. They came back. Yeah, I just it, it's like when Vanek always got moved to the deadline. It's like, yeah, so does Carl Soderberg, and it's always to Colorado. Uh, Brandon Saad, and the big one is their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. You can throw and, Pierre Edward Belmar if you want, but and Philip Grubauer. Yes. yes. Oh, and money right the there. moment I complimented him about the way he tracks the puck, he turned into a pumpkin. It was not great. We should stop complimenting people on this uh, on this show. <laughs> and it is really backfiring a Mark lot. Mark Stone is the best player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. about offensive talent. It's all about the shutdown ability. You'll need the fastest skater. You're the takeaway monster of the league. Mark Stone is going to be an amazing player versus the Montreal Canadiens. I can just feel it right now. Let's see what happens. I sure hope so. <laughs> I think the big question is, if Landis Cog comes back, I think that strikes out the possibility of Brandon Saad coming. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Kale McCarr is in this weird scenario because at the same time, there are two very notable offensive defensemen who are also up this year, a.k.a. Quinton Hughes and Miro Heiskanen. Oh, all from the same. No, no, no. Just Heiskanen and McCarr, same draft. But all very um, yeah, because um, Hughes was from the uh, the Kakinemi section. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even mention the first overall pick and Deline there. It's Buffalo, how you doing? Anyway, there's a lot of questions with Colorado. That's a lot of money. Like I think they have it's 19.7 million dollars in projected. I stole this because I knew Alex was going to mention it, so I'm like, I got to get the projected cap room up there. Um, you could imagine, like, if it's a shorter term deal, it's still going to be around six million. That's a McCarr. Could you see Landis Kai getting seven million? I could, he's pretty important. And then there's what quick math about six million, five million left in there for everyone else. Yeah, they needed to win, guys. It was the all in year. This was yeah. it. They got Taves before the season started, they got Brandon Sod for nothing, by the way. They still their first, which is pretty funny. But th- this was the best year they were going to have for a little bit. And they're going to lose a piece to Seattle unless yeah. they spend assets, which I just I can't see Joe Sackick doing. And in that conversation about money, again, I forgot Philip Grubauer. Like right. on paper, they have they've drafted so well oh, that yeah. they're going to be able to replenish the depth, but it's not going to be like to the same extent where you have these these guys who have made it before these guys that have gone far like Belmar or a Brandon Saad. And like, for me, that's going to help maybe in the future and in terms of the current cap situation, but it's not going to help them to take that step forward where they really feel that, you know, the way this team is built, you have to go for it every year. They're going to win the division next year. 
they're going to win the Central. Like, that's not the question. It's just it's, – it's Vegas' conference now. We talked about it. The, the Western Conference belongs to the Vegas Golden Knights now. In, until the Wild uh, rise again. <laughs> sure. You can throw it in there. I mean, great. Like, who else is in there in the Pacific that's going to be much of a mess? It's Vegas and – Edmonton. Yeah, they realigned everything, right? If Edmonton yeah. decide to do something. Yeah, Edmonton. Uh, I mean, like, think about it. Like, if you think of the West, it's like St. Louis aren't the same anymore. Yeah. The Kings are still not going to be contenders next year. If they're a little better, you wouldn't be surprised. But the Ducks are a question mark in, in every facet of life except the goaltending. I don't know. It's it's still like Colorado still have an open field. It's just they're going to look mostly the same next year. I think it's just you, you had the luxury to maybe and I don't know, maybe this whole thing of taking less will come into effect for the rest of the team. But we'll see. Yeah, you're, you're kind of right, Adam. Like it's Vegas, Colorado in the West and then well, like in the Pacific, it's going to be Vegas, Vancouver, Seattle, St. San Jose, Los Angeles, Edmonton, Calgary, Anaheim. <laughs> Say that again. Like list the whole Western All right. Conference. All right. So it's going to be in the Pacific. It's going to be Vegas, Vancouver, Seattle, San Jose, oh, 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 Los Angeles, oh, oh, Edmonton. One, one at a time. Yeah. Let's let's go one at a time. Okay. Okay. So Vegas. Vegas. Okay, Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vancouver. Great. Seattle. Who knows? But we'll yeah. be safe and say not great. San Jose. Bad. Los Angeles. On the up, but still bad. Edmonton. On the up and up, but they need a supporting cast and they can't fix and they're probably going to lose a defenseman. <laughs> Whatever. They'll make the playoffs maybe, but they won't do anything as we saw against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So kind of bad. Yeah. Calgary. Bad. Anaheim. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Okay. So for the Central, it's Winnipeg. Who are bad? St. Louis. Who just got swept by Colorado like it was nothing? Nashville. Who are questionable bad too? Who knows what they are? Uh, their centermen aren't getting any better. So mediocre. We'll mm. say St. Louis and think you're mediocre. Okay. Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. They could win second in the Central. I could see that. Okay. Probably Dallas. Oh, getting older, man. I Bishop and Kadobin are old and. Injury prone. Jamie Ben isn't a contributor anymore. Sagan, like, who knows how good he is anymore. Radulov's getting older, but like, if they won a divisional spot, I could see it, but like, they're not a threat as the other guys are anymore. Mm. They've taken a lot this year. I think they've taken a lot of damage. All right. Colorado? Good. They're good. Yeah. Not the best, but they're good. And then Chicago? On the up and up, they're the same as LA. They're on the up and up, but I mean, Duncan Keith's another year older. Mm-hmm. Who and knows what's up with Jonathan Taves? Yeah, I really hope he's okay. And what's their defense? Um, what's Adam Bogfist? Adam Nikolai Baudin. Yeah, like what are Baudin and Bogfist like now? Like you, but like I still say they're in better straights and some other team they're mediocre i could kind of yeah. look, look at they're not bad but see who did we say was definitely good it's minnesota oh we forgot one more 
Arizona. The last team in the Central because they got moved for Seattle is Arizona. Who are bad. <laughs> There's three good teams in the West. And then they're all crap or mediocre. So they're gonna make it. So like Vegas. So like, let's be honest. There's a real chance that the Avalanche have a free walk to the conference finals. But that this this is the problem they face now. Is we already knew the regular season didn't mean anything. Colorado are now at the point where the first two rounds don't matter. They're now Washington. That's where they are now. Uh, is the NHL basketball now? <laughs> uh, I mean, which is the flip? It's the flip because this year, like four. Three out of the uh, three, no, more than half of the teams who are in the second round have never won a championship in the NBA. It doesn't look great, man. Um, it doesn't look great. And then, I mean, in the East, the Metro is the Metro's fascinating because it's like I see good teams, but how many can win? Um, because Pittsburgh and think you have a Pittsburgh and Washington have a lot of questions in the East right now. Columbus too, they're going to go on a different stage of that franchise because they're losing good players. They named Brad Larson head coach. Now he signed a three-year deal. He's been behind the bench and his assistant for, I believe it was seven years. Here's an interesting quote from Aaron Portsline's article in the athletic about the hire quote, other NHL clubs with head coaching vacancies contacted the blue jackets for permission to interview Larson blue jackets, president of hockey ops, John Davidson said, but they were turned away because Columbus didn't want him to go. Apparently, there's also a phrase of the money that he won't command as much. Um, apparently, there is a word of this guy is kind of what you would want in this state. Like he, like he reminds me of DJ Smith the way he's talked about. He's probably good with the younger guys. Um, probably not. He kind of like it was like okay, Babcock was good for a certain part of it, and maybe building a culture. But it was it was going to be Keith's team, right? I wonder if that's sort of the thing here with Larson. I'm not going to lie. I've never really heard of the guy before he got hired. But it's not a surprise that they went with a maybe unknown, homegrown slash cheap coach, knowing that the Jackets are going to – I mean, they're trading Seth Jones by the end of the summer. We know that. And they finally knows? kept talent. They've, they've brought back talent in Brad <laughs> They actually kept someone in-house. That is true. That is true. They couldn't do that before. Um, I, I to me this tells me the direction they're moving in is probably towards a rebuild. Yeah, like the same as in Buffalo. You know, looking at they're probably going to end up, or it seems like they're going to end up bringing back Don Granado because he was again like worked with the younger guys and it seemed towards the end of the season not great but better than eighteen that. in losing streak right. Like better than that. And I think that's kind of the same thing here is like you want a guy who like literally what DJ Smith did with the Ottawa Senators. If you can get that, and I, I think that's a that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Well, you, we joked about it. Daniel, they've lost defensemen. They've lost forwards. How Tortorella wanted to leave and he finally got the chance. They got Brad Lars. We don't, I don't want to discredit the guy. Like it takes an amount of work to be an NHL head coach, but yeah, it just it's messy. It's going to be really messy because they still have so many contracts that they have to kind of deal with and realize we sign these guys long term, and we don't know if it's that same vision anymore. Where you know you brought back those quote unquote Tortorella guys and gave them money. You gave a Gustav Nyquist money. You gave Oscar Bjorkstrand a Cam Atkinson these types of terms and. It's just it's going to be a weird kind of team where to navigate 
like what are we going to even get for these guys or what are the draft picks we are going to get and whether or not when they're good, they're going to stay. I think a big question is by the time, by the time the blue jackets in their mind, I imagine they're competitive again. I don't know what Kim Atkinson's body is going to look like. I'll defend the Bjork strand deal. Um, and Nyquist, because I thought those were really good players. Um, what was that famous thing when, when Nyquist got signed and he was going to penalty kill? And it's like, that's weird. Why weren't why, you're a good penalty killer? Why weren't you ever on it before? And he's like, bad coaches. And it's like, where did he play? Oh, with Detroit and Babcock. Oh, that's not great. He wasn't Luke Glendening, so he wasn't allowed to play on the penalty kill. <laughs> he wasn't um, Darren Helm. He was not Dar- the king of the IR, as they call him, Darren Helm. God, Detroit. <laughs> Oh, thank God that Eiserman's there and they're kind of good. But I think that's a big question now is like, we're, what's really weird, apparently there's also a quote about the veteran players were very much involved with this hiring. It's almost kind of, it's kind of like, okay, all right. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> like, there's it's sparks. just odd. Yeah. That's, that's odd to me. I, I don't know. That just like, feels weird. For me, like Columbus, there's those sparks of promise they always have. Like, you know, the exception always they going all in with the deadline, but there's always those sparks of like a new hope. There's the Gavrikov, there is the Texier, um, you know, not Patrick Line. There's uh <laughs> there's like there's some stuff going there. Like, you know, Igor Chinikov just won rookie of the year in the MHL. So, you know, there is promise. Is that the guy they drafted in the first round and no one knew who he yeah, was? Yeah, no one knew who it was because he played in like a like he played in um the MHL which is the junior league in Russia, but he played for like a team that doesn't really get a lot of coverage either. So it's just like not a lot of scouts sent him so, out. And then he, he was ranked like, cause teams just didn't know where to put him. So like, apparently he was ranked in the sixth round and then other people just didn't rank him at all. That's one of the best TV moments of the draft I've ever seen. <laughs> then, that's the first time I saw Brian Brick stumble. <laughs> and then Elliot's like, Everyone here just looked. No one knew what food. I didn't know what was going on. God, why did we? Why did we live stream the draft? Why did we do that? Why did we, I think we made. I think it's they a memory. Yeah, it was a bad one. Anyway, shout out to Mike's coworker. <laughs> I, I I don't know about that. I don't think we give a shout out to that stream ever again. I just okay. Just one thing that I love when we're streaming, and then we're talking, analyzing like each pick, and the guy's like, "I think the goalie's gonna come up." <laughs> he said that like five times. I mean, Nashville had a boy a scar off. I can't wait until we find out that Owen Power isn't that's the Owen Power, and he's like, he's like Owen Power because it's because we always get those names. We always get the names wrong. Yeah, and it's it's so annoying. Uh, we've ranted about this before. For three years, it was it was it was Askarov, it was Romanov, and then it's like no, Skarov or Romanov. Like this was your one job, guys. We don't like. You think fans are right away like, oh great, oh my god, shut that. No, we want to know how to say their damn names. Yeah. You know how much you're an idiot I felt like after saying Romanov for like six months. Get it right. Like, just is it so hard to just ask a guy like, how do you say your name? I'd say Timo Salami when I was a little kid. Yeah, but he's Finnish, so you could probably it's probably that. It's probably like ah <laughs> Salami. And like oh Forsberg is Forsberg. It's like what yeah. is this? Doesn't make any sense. God it died. Random story on that because I used to always just get the McDonald's cards. And I think like I just I think my dad got them before I started liking hockey, so he just gave them to me. 
And the first one of the first cards was Solani on the Mighty Ducks. And you know how shocked where I was when I like realized because like, around the time I was started watching hockey more, he was on Colorado. I'm like, wait, what? He's not on the Ducks. God, oh, my knee hurts. Okay, we'll go get surgery. Ninety points. God, hockey oh. players are weird. Speaking of surgery and probably questioning player players, yeah. So Tuka Rask, we it broke last show that we had a torn labrum. I don't think any of us knew what that meant at the time. Turns out it's something in his hip and he's out until January or February of next year. So pretty, and like, listen, like goalies and hips are, are pretty, was it Kari Lettinen who got a bunch of those surgeries? And um, then you pull Harvey had one. He's a skater, obviously, but it was a bit different there and it messed him up for a bit. Yeah. He had double hip surgery. Yeah. But hips down for a goalie. Pretty important. Yeah. So apparently he made it very clear. This is the exact quote. I'm not going to play for anybody else but the Bruins. This is our home. And he referenced that all three of his kids are in school there. You know, he's he's a little older. He's a goalie, so it's weird. He's not going to honor his original draft position. Listen, I wonder now. And this applies maybe because it's the Bruins. Like they could say, like, nah, we don't want you anymore. Maybe Tuca wants to spite them. And who better to spite going back to the Atlantic Atlantic division than oh hey Toronto, you want another goalie? Because right now Hutchinson looks to be the backup, and that's not gonna work. Even though I'm a huge proponent of it for obvious reasons. I'm gonna miss big save, Dave. No. Yeah, I forgot he was the lead. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh god. Uh, anyway, um, I wonder now. If you're a team, do you even bother signing him until the new year then? Like, not quite the same as Justin Williams because that was just old guy rest to bring you in at the deadline. But, like, do you see him even getting signed until the the season starts? Um, I, I could if they have a good medical facility or trading facility. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, or else... <laughs> What are you going to do? And he also he also has to want to come. Like, I can see him if Boston says, yeah, we don't want we don't want you. I could fully just see him retiring. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of been up in question, like rumblings that he was willing, like he kind of wanted to retire after this contract. I think they, that came out of like the bubble from last year. But the bubble is also an absolute mess for him. Like, yeah just for multiple reasons. So there you leave to go look after your kid, you selfish teammate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, some, some fans are unbelievable. But it just, yeah, yeah it's going to put Boston in a bigger hole, I think, because they still have those two promising young goalies and like Swayman and Vladar, but it's, it's, it's again, we're not later. Sorry. Vladar. Sorry. It's later. Like Darth Blader. Stop it. Sorry. I was watching the game. They said his name. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. Like it's again, it's what I've said with Colorado is yeah, it's going to be solid guys you put in there, but it's just, it's going to be a step back for a team that's trying to go for it. And I don't know. With, with Rask, like it's either like, yeah, it's probably going to wait to see what his future is going to be after the surgery, maybe even a month after the surgery or more. And another thing too, it might be like he gets signed by a team might not be the Bruins and he just it's like he goes in there knowing he's just gonna be that veteran like backup where 
they're probably still gonna have like carry another goal. Like it's not gonna it it will be similar to the Lundqvist one, but we'll see. Which is exactly why he should sign in Toronto. Just saying. Oh my gosh! Like just looking at some of the UFA goaltenders as of right now, we can have a quick little chat about who the Leafs should probably look at. The yeah, the top one is obviously Tuca. So let's just say argument's sake that he goes back to Boston or he retires into the sunset. Pekka Rene, older. Nine, he had a 907 this year, not terrible. Um, there's Frederick Anderson. Does he come back? No. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah. For like discount. Evergreen contracts. Because like I wonder. No, he was bad. No, he shouldn't come back. I know he was hurt, but Steve was bad. Devin Dubnik. No. No. I don't know if anti I feel like there were there were teams who were gonna outbid them on anti Ranta. Probably. Um, Igor, no, no, that's it. That's an RFA. I put in UFAs. What the hell? Reimer? I could see them visiting that, but it's I'm not gonna try I don't know. Like I, for me, I feel like Reimer and Campbell are the same. That's in, in terms of like caliber. Yeah, and like caliber and like the guy you bring in to be a one B. You're not very high on Campbell, are you? Me? Yeah. I think it's just okay. I'm not being mean about it because I love the guy. Well, I've come to love the guy. I didn't really like like him. Oh, yeah. Like okay, in the real juniors, I don't really like him. Um, but I think it's just the way he. I know goalies take a while, but it's just he's had so many surgeries already, and really like he's almost thirty, and this is the first year that he really got to be a starter in a shortened season. And he was good. He was good, but really good. The thing is, like in terms of when it goes back to eighty-two games, and I, I think about the workload there has to still be like a really capable backup for him or he's the capable backup to like another starter. Minus I, Mark. I, he's almost on the list. Uh, oh, Grubauer. I don't, I, that's a lot of money. Hot take. Yeah. He, he, he takes the discount and goes yeah, to Toronto. He, he's also probably, if I'm Colorado, I am bringing him back like instantly. Yeah. Uh, Marazic. I, no. if you want to talk about injury, maybe be careful because he played six games in the regular season. And then, was not the amazing. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bernier. I'm a proponent of uh, bringing Bernier back. Bernier I've back. said it on the show before. I had a 914 this year. <laughs> what? The, we're, we're never going to entertain Carter Hutton and David Riddish. And the last one on the list is actually uh, Linus Allmark. Halak's down there, but nah, nah, he's old. He's I, know, I know they visited Linus, the, uh, Linus Allmark trade. Um, yeah. I think Friedman talked about it either on the blog or on the podcast or whatever. I, I could see them doing it again. Mm-hmm. I I don't see why they wouldn't. Like it's yeah. Or or like the, the only thing that I think could stop that happening is Buffalo completely overpay him. And it's like, hey there, you like Jeff Skinner's contract? We'll <laughs> give you kidding. the goalie version of it because we're bad. I would but I wonder, for me, I wonder if if they're going in the we're tearing this down direction, which at the moment it seems like it, are you going to overpay to keep Linus Allmark? That's true. Dustin Tokarski plays 70 games. <laughs> you you got to block Ukapuka. You need Puka League. You got to have a guy 
even if you want to start Ukepeka Lukanen, yeah. you need a guy in front of him. Like he can't yeah. be the front guy. And like, arm like goaltending can take you a long way. Again, it's I, and if, if I'm Buffalo, they can't firestorm again. Because they're in this situation because they firestormed. Like, they, they got in trouble because they sold every goalie, as Jeff Merrick said, who made a save the year they got Eichel. And they're not even going to have Eichel next year. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe it would be easier to overpay him if you didn't freaking overpay Jeff Skinner to the moon. I don't know. He, he's an option. And then, they're like, let's, let's be honest, at the same time, do the Leafs want to go into free agency and pay that, or would they rather maybe look at a trade option? You know, it's the thing we've always talked about with Kyle Dubas is, you know, what uh, you expect the unexpected. If there's a name we're hearing, yeah, it might be an option, but it's more about the guys we never hear about, and Jack Campbell was the perfect example of that. Jake like, Muzzin was like yeah. his first big trade was Jake Muzzin. And I don't think anyone talked about Jake Muzzin as an option. I think that's everything. Everyone open Twitter. See what's going on. Shout out to the, the, the Euros, by the way. Is that what they're, they're called? Yes, sir. England. They beat Croatia. Oh, two <laughs> years ago today, the Raptors became the 2019 NBA yes. champions. Do you guys know it was, it's E3, right? I do know it's E3, yes. I'm kind of disappointed that the only thing I've seen is a Mario game and there's some DLC for Fallout 76. Where is the Lego Star Wars update? Where is the second Jedi Fallen Order update? Where I'm looking at them. Where are they? Where are they, damn it? Where's more trailers about Horizon Forbidden West? Where are they? I don't care about Mario. I don't care about Rainbow Six. Where is my Lego news, damn it? Oh, yeah. Xbox confirmed Halo Infinite is set for holiday 2021. Holiday? It was supposed to come out in autumn. Now they're saying what, Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they want to get all the money because, oh, great. It's not like oh, Halo's going to sell anyway because it's smart. Halo. <laughs> smart. <laughs> you delayed the game another year to make it right, and now you're going to push it back to get more money? How dare you? <laughs> who is it that has them? Who is it? Who has them? the Halo rights now? Because it's not. It's Microsoft. It's Microsoft, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. Not, not by that, I mean, like the developers. It's, oh, it's 343, um, right? Yeah, 343 Industries. Bring back Bungie, damn it! No, they're too they're too uh, focused on Destiny. Yeah, yeah, that's a great success, isn't it? Yeah, people love Destiny. I you played got... the first one. I'm like, this is trash. I can't play this. There's no story. Completely unrelated. But did you yeah. guys happen to watch the um, YouTubers versus TikTokers? I just what? saw updates oh. on Twitter. Oh, it was brutal. Wait, wait, wait. What is this? So last night there, you know how now there's celebrity boxing? Unfortunately, I do. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they've now taken it a step further. So they've done this YouTubers versus TikToks uh, event last night where they boxed. Uh, well, what if that's what you want to call it? It was like borderline WWE uh, to me. It was like just it was brutal. Like some of it was funny to watch because it's just like the storylines is like, what are we doing here, guys? Like this is I think I tweeted it last night. I'm like, this is what's the difference between this and WWE? Like I don't know. I can't tell you. Is this where we are now? We are, yeah. yes. Yeah. Thinking about these things. This all started with KSI versus Logan Paul. And this is what it's turned into. Oh, my gosh. 
I remember the days when remember there used to be a YouTube rewind and like I knew everyone. I'm like there's Jenna Marbles, there are the slow-mo guys, there's PewDiePie, there's Jack Septiguy, there's Smosh. Simpler times. There's like, yeah, and, and now it's like I miss the simple old days of YouTube. Oh, there's Captain Sparkles. Here are the days before yeah. every Minecraft YouTuber was a pedophile. They're good now, but like there was that weird stretch where it was like, oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Oh. It was a thing. It's a whole thing. Ooh, Look up the scary. Line. That's actually it, scary. It is because it's like it's a kid. Like like everyone plays Minecraft, but it was like like I was a kid when that came out, right? Or when it really started booming on the consoles. So you think about like all those people, their audience are children. Yeah. And it was it was messy, man. YouTube is a weird place. Like, man. Remember the PewDiePie and how he messed everything up because he was showing stuff and he should not have shown it. And he took no accountability and probably lost so many people so much money with how they messed up YouTube now. And not YouTube, as uh, not as weird as Twitter. Twitter. I mean, Twitter is just if if <laughs> Twitter is a cesspool, then like you know, YouTube's the sewer drain itself. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. And to end the show, Daniel, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. What can you tell me about? Vimy Ridge. Oh my. Vimy Ridge? We're doing yes. Why, wait, why? This- I've surprised you with the history corner. We're, we're ripping off Steve Dangle more and more. Okay, yeah. I don't know what Vimy Ridge. <laughs> it was. Um- Can you tell me about the Roman Empire? Okay. Okay. Which part of the Roman Empire do you want to know about? <laughs> what do you know about Hadrian's Wall? Oh, that was like on the. That was like, what is it, present day Yugoslavia now? Well, not Yugoslavia. Not what I, I was in like England. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait hold Hadrian's on wall the one that like goes oh yeah that was the one there um i got it now yeah, yeah. sorry i got confused there's another wall um yeah hadrian's wall it was against like what did they do it against like the germanic or like not a germanic like the a lot of like the saxons. other like the saxons to separate them to like and it's like in brampton uk Man, you ever notice there's a lot of places here in like North, like especially in Canada, where it's just like this is named after England and that. Are yeah. we just lazy? My high school's yes. on New Westminster Drive. Man, but you know, there's some weird names in the UK, like Piccadilly. Who named something Piccadilly? Who is this? Who made this decision? I remember the head of was it the of like the intelligence in World War II was like Kim Philby. Or there's a guy named like Husbands Phillips. It's either the one well, no, was then there was there was Husband Kimmel, who was mm-hmm. head of Pearl Harbor. Like who names their kid husband? I remember there used to be a reporter, I think, on CNN named Stone Phillips. That's a pretty sick name, actually. <laughs> Stone so, Phillips. Nice to meet you. My name is Stone. You're fired. That's a I sick remember um, name. I was talking to my sister recently. I was like, have you ever met someone who's young named Dolores? Umbridge, no, I, I, Dolores. I like there's a couple names that are like that. Like I've never met someone who's young person whose name is Bob. Yeah, or I could never like if a kid's name is Anthony, I could never call him Tony until he's like at least thirty. I, if your name's Anthony and you call yourself Tony, then like what are you doing? That is, there's no Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah. Look at Tony. Yeah, great person. Tony, Tony Stark. No, did humanitarian. Stark. Yeah, yeah. Tony. Yeah, no, did real person. Tony Stark. It's like no, he I, didn't know. He didn't know where he was selling his weapons to. Remember in the movie? Oh, no. Fueling both sides. 
Yeah, great. Tony's. I was going to say something. I've forgotten it, though. Like, no, yeah. So, but then, like, it's funny. The three of us have t- timeless names. Like, Adam fits in everyone. Alex and Daniel, like, we have, like, a triforce of basic names. <laughs> no offense to our mothers who named us those names. Powerful. I have names, pride in being named Adam. There's a good story. Behind, but you guys I'm have middle names? We, what? You guys have middle names? I have two. What is your middle name? Peter and Christian. No way. Yeah, I have the three whitest names on the planet. Adam, Peter, and Christian. What about Alex? My middle name is Jerry. Jerry? Jerry, yeah. I did not know that. Alex Jerry Hanimian. Yeah. See, that's what's weird. Alex, I mean, so Daniel, what do you have a middle name? Uh, Michael. Like, okay, so... Oh, yeah, Michael. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is one of your socials. So, <laughs> so, Alex Jerry, Adam Peter Christian... Daniel, Michael, and then our last name is just like what Centeno and Nimian and Fluje. Like yeah. what? <laughs> we have like the like the most like obscure last names too. What is it, uh, Daniel? What what's the origin of your last name again? Uh it's like Spanish. So Spanish, Armenian, and English. I uh, know. No, my last name is Egyptian. But the thing is, um, is in high school because um, everybody just said Santino. <laughs> Like I, I grew up with a lot of. Uh, that is who I first thought of too. <laughs> okay, that's everybody. Everybody again, like high school. Everybody thought my last name was Italian. Centeno. So is it Santino or Centeno? How do you get Santino? Centeno. There's no I in it. It's. Cent- I don't know. On that note, we should probably. Understand. <laughs> okay. Thank you as always. If you're still listening, if you are, then how did how how'd you put up yeah. with that? Um. Yeah, that's everything. If you enjoyed the show, check out all the social medias, including the shows and our personal ones. Facebook's a big thing. Um, TikTok is also a big thing. Be sure to check out that TikTok. Voice said, thank you as always. Great platform. Daniel, check out his eye-opener stuff. And hockey writers. Check out Alex's blog, my YouTube channel. There's nothing new because the Habs haven't played because the NHL suck at scheduling, but... Um, I think that's everything. Rate the show on iTunes and Spotify is lame. Alex, anything else? I don't think so. We'll be back with game one. Yeah. With a couple reactions. Games. Couple games. Couple games reactions. Who's winning tonight or this afternoon? Carolina. Or, I mean, no, they're bad now. Um, no, they're not. Tampa or the Islanders. She's winning uh, game. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm Five s- two. I'm gonna go with the New York Islanders by a score of three to two. Sorelli will have the game-winning goal. I don't even know if he's playing. I'm assuming he is. And I'm just you said Islanders 3-2 and Anthony Sorelli has the game-winning goal. I meant Anthony Beauvillier. Beauvillier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Goodbye. Yeah.